right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I have Caroline with me today. Hello, Caroline. How's it going? Hey, hey. hey. we got plenty of wins to talk about, Wee. which is nice. It's just Caroline and me today. No exciting guests, no grumpy Paul, you know, so we're just going to have optimism and... <laughs> We, we've firmly established that UVA basketball is better than the three worst teams in the conference. <laughs> they have four straight wins <laughs> over the three teams whose combined ACC record is one and 14. But, you know, you lose four times to UVA. And, and that helps, yeah, I was going to say, like, it helps you know, with they, the they one and 14. Yeah, they contributed to those bad numbers. I mean, you know, it's popular in these telecasts to say this team's better than their record. They said it roughly a thousand times with Notre Dame and (laughs) 3,000 times Boston College. I don't know that they said it much for Wake Forest, but, you know, all these teams are, are well below where UVA is. And it's certainly nice to see that UVA took care of business uh, against them coming off a, a certainly a disappointing blowout loss. Uh, to Gonzaga, who on the other end of the spectrum is easily the best team in the country, <laughs> and and few people are arguing with that. Yeah, so, that know, Baylor it's a weird, a weird yeah. spectrum to see these these the streak of games following that. Yeah, Baylor's pretty good too. Obviously, they're like a, I didn't really look. I didn't watch a ton of Baylor, but when you look just at like Ken Palm, Baylor and Gonzaga are within like you know a couple hundredths of each other, and then mm-hmm. everyone else is like four points behind them so it feels like they've established this like death tier at the top well um, now that they're in a conference play that's going to help baylor with the 100 metrics assuming yeah. they keep winning but yeah uh, well in some senses because i feel like gonzaga will continue just to put up ridiculous numbers which yeah. will only keep their offense and defense like consistent mm-hmm. but um that's what's funny is like the offense for it, it basically balances out because gonzaga gets the points on the adjusted offense side whereas Baylor gets the points on the defensive side because anyway it's just really interesting I think those two teams are are better than everybody and then I'm I don't know if you've watched Michigan lately I know we're not here just to talk (laughs) about other teams but um, Michigan might be like the two and a half team um they certainly have had their moments yeah (laughs) that that Wisconsin game obviously (laughs) Yeah, I um, think, you know, the best thing for the Who's will be to go undefeated uh, in the conference. And I then, would recommend it, yeah. You know, <laughs> then you're the one seed against Baylor and, and Gonzaga in, in different regions, so you don't have to worry about playing them until uh, the final yeah. four. Great plan. Look, if it, <laughs> no, look I'll, that. I'll, I'll start this off with some of the, maybe some, pe- like, what people won't expect from the non-optimism side. It's, it's not not it's not pessimistic i was gonna say not not optimistic whatever there's a word for that pessimism um but look and we joked about it with the teams that they've played so far in, in the acc and look good teams beat the teams that they're supposed to right mm-hmm. like that that's that, there's nothing but good things in the first four games of the acc going four now two games on the road like coming off of a pause like these things are good and and should not be overlooked but you're right the teams that they've beaten aren't necessarily like Virginia contributes to those numbers, like you said, right? Cause there's only four games in. So if you're beating those teams and they lose and then it looks worse, cause whatever the ACC as a whole. And I'm really, cause I do think that Boston college, Notre Dame, um, even at times wake forest, if I think Steve, I'm excited to see what Steve Forbes does there because even watching their game last night against Louisville, 
like Wake Forest has kind of messed around in some games in the sense that like they've shown flashes and then they just decide to like completely forget how to basketball or like take ill-advised shots or like show their youth and inexperience and kind of like show that that portion of them like if they hit SAR I don't know man this team could be really interesting but that's neither here nor there so the ACC as a whole though is going to be looked at this year as like just down because for sure look at what like Duke hasn't looked great um Clemson is the top ranked team in the ACC right now and they're number 12 so this meeting this is basically I would say like this upcoming game on Saturday between Virginia and Clemson is like it's not a must win but Virginia would do themselves a lot of favors if they won this game because be a one much bigger uh, indication of, yes. of success for sure. There are a couple, I, I haven't seen a bunch, but I, I texted, you know, we had Matt Norlander and on the podcast mm-hmm. um, back in Bubbleville when the who's were there to open the season. And I was reading a post that he did about like, Hey, this is what the tournament could look like with dates and how they could, mm-hmm. you know, put some days in there for testing and whatever else. And I, I texted him, Cause I was like, Hey, I think that like, cause look, by the way, if you're, if you're a writer, like getting snarky, like there's a typo in your post, but like tweets will never make anyone like want to whatever it's annoying. So as a, I'm a friend, I was like, Hey, I Bring didn't see Virginia. I didn't see Virginia in like, did I miss, like I was reading a couple times, but I didn't see Virginia. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I went off of Jerry Palm's latest bracketology and he doesn't have Virginia in. And there was this moment of like, are you effing kidding? Like in my head, I didn't say this to to Matt, but I was just like, what a clown. Like, you know, like this sort of stuff. And then I looked at some of the, if you look at the numbers, I think Virginia is clearly in the top 64 teams, like no duh. Mm -hmm. But um, statistically in the net, they're in the like number 33, I think now it changes daily, but in the 30 to 35 region in Ken Palm, they're number 15. But when you look at the resume as it stands, their best, anybody. their best win is Notre Dame twice. Right, right. exactly. They, they, they lost. They the loss that they have to San Francisco is to, San Francisco ranks higher than all three of the ACC teams they've played right now. So <laughs> I, again, incredible. I don't think yeah. that that loss is is actually that bad. Like this is where people are going to be like, oh, what a, what a homer! Like I, that stunk, and they shouldn't have lost that game. But in the grand scheme of things, like San Francisco is not a bad team. And losing the second game of the season after weird COVID. Losing to Wake Forest would have been a worse loss. 100%. Right. And so, and forget no, Gonzaga. Like, I, don't, I really, like, <laughs> when that game was announced, I was like, uh-oh. Um, just because, like, where all the stuff that, like, the way the two teams were playing at the time and adjusting and the experience that Gonzaga had. And the Gonzaga's way, way better. <laughs> way better. It's, it's pretty um, easy to, I mean, obviously in hindsight, but. Yeah. <laughs> and so. But I get looking what you're at saying. That, that's, like the, I the resume say, like isn't they, there. Yeah, it's, and so it, they need to get some of these wins because if you then look at Kempom with right. who, like normally it would be like there would be plenty of opportunities to get marquee wins in the ACC. Right. And I'm not saying that it won't get to that point where there are going to be ones, but UNC is not playing like a normal quote-unquote UNC team. Right. They're better than last year, but what is that really saying? Um, you know, yeah. Louisville's just inside the top 25. Maybe. There are yeah. no single yeah. digit ACC teams in Ken Palm right now. It's, it's going to like to that point, it's going to be really weird for the ACC. If um, let's say if, if Virginia plays to chalk, right. Let's say they lose at Clemson close the game, you know, yeah. totally uh, fine result in, in general and totally something that could be expected because Clemson looks so good. And yeah, you know, UVA has been up and down. But let's say the rest of the season, they lose some games like that. 
and they beat all the bad teams um, remaining in the conference schedule. Yeah. And let's say they finish, I don't know, maybe that puts them fifth, right? And in most years, you're going, well, yeah, the ACC is going to get at least five in easy. Virginia has the name brand recognition, and they won yeah. all but one of, well, now all but two of their out-of-conference games. Yeah, but you're, you, you know, the one against Michigan State postponed. We haven't seen them against the Hokies, who look really good. What I'm saying is if they lose some of those games against good ACC teams, they don't have any yeah. good wins, <laughs> yeah. even if they finish fourth or fifth in the conference. So where does that put them in these brackets? You know, when, yeah. when it, that, that's a really tough call because, like you said, the ACC is pretty mediocre particularly compared to how strong it's been in recent history and i feel like it's weird because i actually think that there are some teams that are way better than they have been um Mm -hmm. like i I don't think that so wake is at 127 and they're the worst acc team that virginia will play and honestly that's what i'm saying is like when wake can hit shots like uh, sorry i know the oh you hit shots but like the way that wake forest shot the ball in the first half was not normal for them obviously but um, this is a team that can make some shots and can put some pressure on teams that maybe wasn't expected before the season started. But, yeah. you know, the NC State has looked cr- like I think Florida State will continue to get better, like in the rankings and the numbers wise. I right. think that they're very good the way that they played last night against they shot 71 percent in the first half against NC State. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, they've got some really good players and it's this team that has, is reaching, not people are going to be like, no, they're not, but they're reaching the consistency levels where they, it's one of those, like, I'm going to assume that Florida state's going to make the sweet 16 until they repeatedly show me that that's not the case. Sure. Um, and so like, I, I trust that Florida state is going to continue to grow into their gigantic long armed people that just all look the same and stop everything and switch everything defensively and make things miserable. Yeah. And that yeah. wins some games. Um, so the I do think that there the, the, the schedule here, like if you're listening to this right now and you you're at your computer, pull up the, the Virginia <laughs> basketball schedule and look at the home away split. Yes. So here are the best teams. If we're going, let's see, here are the ranked teams. They've got at Clemson at tech mm-hmm. at FSU mm-hmm. at Duke mm-hmm. at Louisville. And they're mm-hmm. hosting Louisville and a, a yet to be determined, but certainly they'll make up hosting Virginia Tech. So those last two are the only home games against yeah. the ranked teams in the conference. Yeah, there's no crowds, you know, <laughs> so at Duke isn't what it usually is. Um, and frankly, Duke's not what they, what usually, they usually are, are anyway. <laughs> but n- nonetheless, whatever it is to be in the, the group of top teams in this conference, wherever they fit in in the national landscape or how they compare to UVA is UVA in that group are they trying to be in that group are they better than most of that group we don't know yet but they're gonna have to prove it on the road yeah like I was saying if you lose the majority of those in a normal year it's not not an issue on the bubble like you're a mid top top mid-tier ACC team if you do that recent history UVA has been flawless nearly in the regular season so it sounds sort of weird to discuss just watching yeah. this team and knowing that it's bizarre world i think it's easy to anticipate some losses you know i guess i guess what i'm saying is it's almost better if they beat the good teams and the losses come against a few mediocre acc teams 
Uh, yeah, because they have to get a mark, the they have to get a big win. They and need they have to get wins a team. against good teams, right? They, and we're looking at they've got to get wins over Clemson and Virginia Tech. At this point, those are the two that really matter. I'll throw Louisville in there too. I would say Florida Duke State. counts, even though I mean you and me are are, are Duke haters, and, and and I think Duke is down. But I think if you can put a Duke win on the road yes. on your yeah. resume, people are going to call that a good win, unless they completely and look, collapse. I might be overreacting to some of it because how much this year are people going to say like, okay, sure, Virginia doesn't have a marquee win, but this is Tony Bennett in Virginia, like they're going to be right. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, right. and that's where I kind of laugh at Jerry Palm's thing. And I'm not trying to pick on Jerry Palm. This is just the example, like whatever. Cause he had pit as a 12 seed. Are we really sitting there and looking at like that Virginia is not a better team than Pitt at this point? Like, is that what we're saying? Because Pitt had right. a one point win against Northwestern. Like, is that, is that what we're going off of? Like, come on. Right. Um, Cause I, and I look the, the big 10, honestly, I might say the big 12 is the best. Con- I don't know. I go back and forth. <laughs> I like, think it's big 10. Yeah. The, because I'm not entirely sold on like Northwestern. The, the, it's the, they decided XYZ teams are good. And so when Maryland upsets two of those, like, you know, Wisconsin and who's their other one, Illinois, like I'm not sold on Illinois. I'll say it. They've got some really good players, but in Iowa is a bad shooting night away from like losing the second game of the tournament. Like, I guess there's a lot of teams like that, but Iowa's defense is so bad. Like I would look at, I was watching um, their game the other night and I looked up and they were up by 15 and I looked up like two minutes later and it was a two point game. Like they just, it was, I think against Minnesota and Minnesota can shoot. Like they've got players that like to play fast and jack up threes and all that stuff. But like, it's just really interesting to me. So I, I say that in the sense that like, they're now going to heavily weight a win in the ACC Big Ten tournament yeah. <laughs> like that because of the way that the, the Big Ten is played. And, you know, and would Virginia have beaten Michigan State? I don't know. We No one knows. Right. Michigan State has some weird ass losses. Right. Like maybe I <laughs> like it could have happened and it could have happened yeah. easily. It's just um, crazy to think that but, like last year's team goes 15 and five in conference. And they struggled at the beginning of the year and then, you know, looked like a a top tier team or or at least a sweet 16 team by the end of it. Obviously we're all high on uh, going into the postseason, but 15 and five seems like the floor in general for, for UVA teams under Tony Bennett. Right. You know, and this, this season we're all sort of like, well, all right. They've, they look like they've turned the corner after getting their butts kicked, but that's a lot to be, determined not just not obviously the games to be played but i mean like we haven't seen we don't know we don't yeah. we don't know if this team is going to be good enough to go 15 and 5 and that sounds absurd <laughs> you know? i know like, i know of course they're going to beat 15 <laughs> and 5 or at least go 15 and 5 and not anything worse than that especially because the conference isn't that good this year I, there's you know, so it's, much it's just going to so be weird, weird if we're sitting here yeah. even if they go 15 and 5 i think we're sitting here going gosh this is a weird resume depending over depending on who those losses are to and who the wins are to in conference. it's just it's the nature of this bizarre world we're living in because they didn't get to play villanova they didn't get to play michigan state they didn't get to you know have a real season so so then it looks like this is also where like i don't know how much and i'm really fascinated i'm not saying this and obviously this is a virginia podcast is why focusing it this way but say virginia does get wins over virginia tech fingers crossed knock on wood all the good stuff Mm. um 
like maybe then is like what is the committee going to be doing this year right like those are my questions like if Virginia gets wins over teams that beat Villanova they're like well they didn't get to play that Villanova game but if they beat you know a team twice that beat like and I'm just curious like do they I don't know I don't this sounds so stupid saying it out loud so I'm, I'm really sorry but you know, like because I just I'm curious what they're going to look at because everyone's resumes are going to be so different yeah. and like um you know Virginia I was looking at the other day um going back so three seasons plus this year um so 2018 19 20 and then the start of 21 um I think I counted it right Virginia's 53 and 8 in conference play can you believe that that's yeah, pretty crazy like that is that's insane. what I mean it's, it's sort of absurd that we're sitting here pearl clutching about five I know losses. I know I know but I don't know like if, if if you feel like we're being absurd that way like what are you watching that's making you feel confident other than the ACC isn't that that great look and here's here's what I'll say though I've, I'm saying this all the pearl clutching they've looked pretty good in the four like sure. like if they had played some of these games like they played last year's games and like those going to overtime at wake and like mm-hmm, some of those mm-hmm. lots of turnovers and I think they're averaging like six and, and again I understand that all of this has to be like grain of you know take it with a grain of salt it's against these four you know sorry it's not even four teams three teams <laughs> um right well we can keep circling back well. to that point yeah over they're over playing you, they're shooting 50 percent for the season right. and in conference play they're like 49.7 trey murphy i feel like like and I, this is on me because i write <laughs> like i can choose what to write about he's not talked about enough <laughs> like this guy yeah. he's i watch him play and he is fun like and he's sure. shooting really well he's like 16th in the country in three-point shooting he's shooting Huge. just under 50 percent. and I feel like that's in that and when we talk about the stuff that Virginia did poorly last year you look at turnovers and you look at shooting those were the two biggest things and yes 100 this defense is not as good as last year but I think we all expected that with the weirdness of the offseason needing time to gel I do think yeah. they've looked better and I know that there's been like in the comment section a lot of discussion over Sam Hauser. Um, and some of it I think is warranted. Some of it I think is overreacting um, because I do think that he's looked really good in the last three games, three, four games. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown, because for a while, right, everyone has said what? Like, hey, put so put Huff in because we need the offense even if we're going to give up some of the defense. Right. Put so-and-so in if we're going to, like, fine. Like, you need to get away from strictly doing stuff for defense. We need some offense. And Tony Bennett's finally doing it. Like, it's no doubt in anyone's mind I don't and even you know maybe Sam would say it himself that he is probably the weakest defender in the in the eight that get major rotation time playing whatever Mm -hmm. um I do think he's gotten better and my goodness that guy on the defensive boards holy crap like (laughs) I'm really impressed with his his yeah yeah I I feel like that in particular you've seen a jump up Mm -hmm. um, in the rebounding um you know, it's hard to judge uh, the defensive improvement against three bad teams, right? <laughs> like, especially if you're comparing it to a game against the best offensive team in the country. Like we said, I, I don't know. It, it, Clemson will be interesting to see um, for these guys. I think it, it's a good idea. Let's let's jump back a little and talk about um, the specific UVA aspects and and Hauser finding a shot and looking a little more comfortable uh, and certainly increasing that rebounding total. I know we were talking before we start recording that he's got a double, double going in conference play. So yeah, hard to argue with that, but yeah, I mean, count me as someone who was pretty frustrated um, 
you know, by his defensive performance early on and not just Gonzaga, but prior to that, mainly because you're going like, like, yeah, he's a transfer, but he's been here a while. Like, like, yeah, I don't, did we talk about this before? Like, I feel like, um, a lot of people talk about, you know, you've been here for a year, you should know the system, but from what I've heard and like, and from, you know, players talking about what they did in their red shirt year and stuff like that, the majority of your time is a red shirt. Um, maybe this will surprise nobody is spent playing offense because the team is practicing defense. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, it is like, he yeah. does have more time with like being in practice, obviously, but the actual execution of being in the pack line at practice and doing all that stuff isn't as much as you would expect. That said, he's still, you know, I'm, I'm going to go there. ahead and assume <laughs> that the coaching staff is spending some of that time preparing you to, some, of course, defense. well, because <laughs> the team has to be playing offense at some point. Right. Although <laughs> right, some right. of the fans would probably be like, no, this makes sense. They don't practice offense clearly. Right. Right. right exactly. <laughs> but so that's just to say like when players like Huff or even Deandre, like Deandre just had like the physical gifts of being long and athletic and sorry, I'm not saying that Sam's not whatever it's just um there are times you can see and this is something that a couple players for wake have done really well like that number four Williamson he was like oh I got I got this guy I'm, I'm going to spin and take it to the hood like there are things like yeah. where players are exploiting him in the pack line and that's more of the stuff that concerns me than like yeah if he's got good positioning moves his feet and someone just makes a shot over him which has also happened like yeah. that happens to everybody so I'm not even like you know. it, the real struggle, I think, for the team is that it, it is his position. It's not that, you know, like the positives versus the negatives yeah. of, the, of his shot, which when he's found his shot, as he has in recent games, is, is unbelievable. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> but that hasn't been every game. It never no. is going to be, you know, for a shooter. But the fact that he's playing the four and brings what, you know, to whatever degree of limitations we want to put it at. Yeah. You compare that to, Mamadi Diakite <laughs> and that's a whole it's a it's a it's combined with the fact that Jay Huff is at the five and Jay yeah. Huff is very different than who we usually than Jack Salt you know he, yes. he's he I know Mamadi played the five plenty as well too but it the two of them together don't make up for the things that each is lacking like we have seen in lineups prior to this where maybe you play a four that isn't quite as quick or quite as long laterally well it's okay you've got a big physical presence yeah <laughs> you know next to him that can slide yeah jay's a good defender but he's a he's a specifically good defender in yes. his height and and his ability to you know obviously black shots and and be be freaking tall but he's not going to be that like physical brick wall or the the long yeah he's got long arms obviously but he doesn't have that ability that 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 your akil that your darian that your mommy brought into like i see it more in the rebounding he fights for the rebounds he's commendable for sure in his effort but he's not that vacuum cleaner type of bouncy bendy long type of guy who's going to just get that ball every time he's he's battling and losing a lot of those battles for the he reminds me of of key as a rebounder and he and so he doesn't have but he doesn't have the guy next to him in hauser necessarily that would have been the oh sorry i meant hauser reminds me of key I got, yeah yeah no yeah, that's yeah. what I meant oh, okay yeah yeah 
he, he, if he's key, he doesn't have the momity, you know what right, I mean? Right, like, exactly, you know, yeah. Or, or we, we have all these examples before, and if he's more of that, like, Mike Toby, think of who yeah. Toby had at the four yeah. with him. That was, like, Darion, right? You know, or, or Akil, so. And this is where I get really interested. It's just about, a weird combo. Yeah, about what they decide to do against Clemson, right? right. So the... I and anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I am a big, um, big Amir Sims fan. Like I put him on my first team. Shout out um, Blue Ridge School. Oh my gosh! Like that's one of those. Like, can you? Uh, and I don't know. I don't get that far into recruiting stuff, but man, he's one that I think would have been super fun to watch in a Tony Bennett system. But that's sure. neither here nor there. I think I say that every time that Virginia plays Clemson. I just absolutely adore. Like he, he's fantastic. Um, he's six eight. <laughs> yeah he's listed as their center but they play a 610 guy as their power forward um so i'm curious this is where i start getting like how is virginia gonna and they obviously are very smart and they're very good at, at planning these things and mm-hmm. picking these things out this is where we might see like i i mean i almost think you have to put trey murphy on amir don't you mm-hmm. like question mark because i yeah, think amir yeah, Sims would, yeah. would kind of eat sam's lunch for you know offensively like yeah. if amir's playing offense that's a brutal matchup for Sam, I think. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It is an odd X's and O's thing to spurs together. And, and that's what I mean about, I mean, the whole grain of salt with playing these bad teams in conference is the good teams present matchup issues. You know, but I also, but I also really like, like the rest of. I do think that they have the depth to potentially f- like make up for this defensively because of the fact that Trey mm-hmm. Murphy can easily match up. Not easily, Amir Sims is hard to guard, but match up on a guy like Sims because they're both. You know, Murphy has an inch on him there. Size wise, Amir definitely has this, the bulk <laughs> advantage, if sure. you will, because Trey's a, a long and lanky dude. You can say strength, I think. <laughs> <laughs> In but... that he has a strength advantage on everyone. <laughs> yeah, literally everyone. Um, but, you know, and then you look at some of the fun, like, fun matchups, like Nick Honor, there's, their point guard is 5'10". So, like, mm-hmm. I'm already like, ooh, yay, someone that's close-ish. <laughs> like, um, but they, you know, Amir Dawes is 6'2", Clyde Trapp, 6'4", Josh, John Newman, 6'5". So they're not running. This isn't like your Florida State where they're mm-hmm. going to run 6'8", 6'7", 6'8", like across from, right. yeah, from one to four. Um, and so I really like, I'm excited to see, we haven't talked about Casey Morcell yet, but my goodness, it was so good to see him have that game against Notre Dame. Definitely. Like, those shots were gorgeous his first three that he hit from the corner mm-hmm. was one of those like perfectly arcing and it hit the backside <laughs> of the rim and went straight down like it just was like it just and I know that sounds dumb like oh of course there was no rattling around there no, was no, no it was weird perfect. it was just sure. like yeah. perfect and then every single one that he let go except that he missed one from the free throw line that I thought was a tough shot he was kind of still moving but every single thing he let go just was so pure and and that's the player of that one we needed that for him confidence wise Um, oh yeah is there any argument other than I guess asking him or if someone out there knows him well you know (laughs) it is I haven't seen a more clear example of confidence impacting shooting than him and I don't know if it was like unfortunately I had to I had to yeah. miss because po- his shot is beautiful. His, right. his form is gorgeous. Um, I had and to he's miss always game. made shots that he's done 
in that like sort of like catch and sidestep rhythm yeah his you know? rhythm shooting thinks, yeah when he gets too much time never going in you know <laughs> yeah. and and so if he's finding that rhythm not meaning that you can't give him the time but if he shoots like if he gets the ball and has time but shoots in a comfortable rhythm still it should go in and that's what it that's the turnaround that's what it looked like yeah. yesterday which is huge. Um, it's huge <laughs> and and honestly that was probably that was maybe reese's worst game in conference play so far he had a couple dumb turnovers because well, he's looked really good yeah so, and that's the yeah, thing yeah. like and that i was gonna say is like his game wasn't even that bad it just mm-hmm. was like compared to what we've seen from this first year who's played you know eight games or whatever 10 games now um i just i'm really liking and this is where all the stuff about like oh but look who they've played like look at this i really do think that this that they're starting this is gonna like i hate saying stuff like this because it's like oh well if they lose now like caroline said they're getting better but they're they're looking more and more like and it's a bummer because you know we've we've seen we haven't seen Wolda Tensai in a couple games. There's more limited minutes for Justin McCoy. I think McCoy could actually get some big run against Clemson. This is a physical, physical team that that is that yep. they're going to see on Saturday. But we're seeing the typical Tony Bennett tightening of the of the lineup, yeah. and we're definitely seeing fewer mental errors and this is stuff and i'm not saying it's because of those people but i'm just saying the the physical tightening of the rotation this is exactly what happens every year but it usually happens at the end of not at the end of non-conference play and they're like figuring this stuff out when they're playing you know the mains and the you know cleveland states of the world not figuring it out when they're playing notre dame in conference play but you know they they're shooting it well they're giving up a few more points per game than usual. They're at 60, which I was like, oh, 60 points per game. What are we doing? <laughs> but they're scoring 70 and 80 points a lot, like, um, and still able to get some of those games where they're holding people to 46 or yeah. whatever. So I, I do like, I think that we're starting to see Virginia get better and closer to what I expected. Um, but this is a huge, like, there's no way around it. This is a huge game this weekend. Absolutely yeah. gigantic game. Well, and you're right that it, it's a clear indication of, of what the, the roster um, is, or, or the lineup is, is supposed to look like the rotation is going to look like a little of that has been impacted by the COVID protocol. Um, but Casey answered, I think any questions about his potential, at least yesterday. And if that's consistent, then yeah, he's, he's going to take, well, intensifies minutes, you know, yeah. he may already have, unless he shows, you know, unless he reverts a little. And that, none of this, when we go into this, obviously he's anti these guys, like we like yeah, what Waldo no. brings and, and he's had some great uh, uh, games here over his And career, there are games where he career. could go in and right, hit a exactly. couple threes and then right. he's the guy for that game and right, he's right. hot. We've and, seen that all yeah, the time with, with the, you know, figuring out who's going to be the, the fourth or fifth option. Uh, in addition to the big three historically you know I I just think the the real takeaway of the rotation is that they're better when Beekman is playing with Kihei yes for sure and and now everyone knows that and (laughs) Trey has maybe shaken off some of the down performance fight he was amazing against Towson and then you know quickly then sort of hit this like maybe I haven't totally (laughs) acclimated kind (laughs) of wall or whatever you want to call it, he didn't look that good uh, until more recently. He looks like he he, he did against Towson. So, yeah. you know, if if that's consistent, if Beekman and Morsell are consistent, you basically have your rotation set yeah. there. And and yeah, the, there's going to be guys who don't get the minutes because they found it. Um, that's a good thing 
it's, it's also, not good for those guys, yeah, obviously, yeah, but it's yeah. a good thing for the team. So there's also something to be said about, I feel over the last five games, well, when was Gonzaga five games ago over the, over the ACC play? It was months ago. <laughs> months. Yeah. It's last year. It does not count. Um, there have been fewer, if like glaring defensive breakdowns where someone like switched poorly or miscommunicated and lost a guy yeah, completely. Yeah. That that was the stuff early on that I was like, this is the problem. Like, yeah. there are going to be guys that get left, like the rotation is slow when someone's left open for a three. Yeah. Fine. If two guys go to somebody and leave somebody else, like that type of thing, like those are the things where I was like, this is the problem. Like, these are guys that should know better at this point. Like, yeah. that shouldn't be leave, missing a man or missing a rotation or going under a screen. Like, this, that some of the stuff that we were like, this, what is this? What is this? There's yeah. been way, like, maybe one instance in the last few games where I've been like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. So that's, that's the stuff that I'm looking for when it, and again, the turnovers, like, yeah, I was going to say turnovers. That's sure. the I'm, stuff I'm that sort makes of laughing because like any, any of this stuff we point out really comes back still to, well, yeah, against uh, good teams, you know. Well, and not even <laughs> like, that's not even true though, because Kent teams. State, Kent State, they did some stupid right. stuff. Very true. And very so true. it's not necessarily just like, well, they played good because honestly, they've played one good team. Right. If we go one. by those standards, they and that, one. that good team is a great team, I, and I, they are unbelievable. Right. Like honestly, like I don't usually like to go and they're like, this is a team that's going to win the national championship. I, I well, don't. I, I think I will it's be Gonzaga shocked. versus the field, and the only I do real argument against that is, is Baylor. That doesn't mean Gonzaga is <laughs> going to win it. The field usually wins. Well, and I was going to say but, normally yeah. you say take the field, but right. I, this is where I where I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't even get mad at someone if they took Gonzaga because I just don't unless they like have multiple injuries. They or should be a like, very popular March Madness pick yeah. for for sure. Well, they or, should be the. No, favorite. what's going to happen yeah. is people are going to not pick them because they can't get it done in the tournament, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, right. I'll pick them. Good lord, they're good. So yeah, they. they yes, I mean UVA looked like it. a shoe in <laughs> going into the UMBC game. Yeah, they had the injury, but I mean they were having that kind of season. Anytime right? like, I anytime I look at that Ken Palm page. Right. I get like, and look, I'm serious when I tell you, like, you can say UMBC to me and it doesn't like, I'm like, all right, cool. No, of course. Like, yeah. Fine. Yeah. But I look at that whole like green. Look how like much those... better UVA looked compared to the rest of the country before oh that God. UBC game. I, I look mean, and it, that's it was mind blowing. It was, it was at this type of level um, to Unbelievable. me, but a different type of team. You know, yeah. this Gonzaga team looks like they could score against NBA teams, you know, <laughs> if they, <laughs> yes. I, I don't think that's true necessarily, but that's what they look like. I think turnovers is a great point because that was probably the most frustrating other than yes. the maybe defensive breakdowns, uh, wake game, uh, six team turnovers for Virginia, Boston college, seven team turnovers and Notre Dame five and eight. So yeah, well, I mean, that's that's huge. A lot of that we haven't talked about Kihei specifically, and and he has really answered uh, yeah. the call from, you know, his is apparently missing um, study hall or something, uh, brief <laughs> brief suspension. But also, even if that was the truth, uh, the when he didn't start, it also seemed like the right call based on his play. You know what I mean? Yes, like yeah. it, it seemed to make sense to be like, Hey, let's try Beekman out there starting and just try and get a spark and, and maybe send a little message to your unquestioned leader in, in Kia Clark. And he's answered that message regardless of why it was sent or why it occurred yeah. that way. Um, he's looked 
you know, he brings his, his downs as much as he brings his strength, but he's looked really, really important <laughs> for, yeah. for UVA. And when he's playing well, they play well as a team, which is exactly what you want to see from your point guard. I love what he's doing in it, the lane scoring. Yes, yes it leads to his, <laughs> his shit getting blocked a couple times emphatically, which is the nature of basketball and being yeah. that tall. But he also looks really crafty. It's It's been fun to watch. Uh, for sure. And he's making enough outside shots still. That's what I was going to say. So look, what I love in this stretch over, honestly, the whole season. Um, but when you look at, especially the four games in the ACC play is look at where, like he was 50% at Notre Dame, two for four from outside. Oh, for one, didn't take any three pointers against Boston college and one for three against Notre Dame. That's I like live in like he knows where he's living, right? Yeah. Like this is where he needs to be. That's he we don't need him to make threes. We don't right, need him. We right. need him to make take open ones. Right. But we all and you know, make those at 35%. You know, one for three is fine with me. Like, fine. Um, but you have to take the open ones so they respect it. But we don't like that is not your role. And I love right. that he knows that. Like when and you I have guys like has. Hauser, you, I do too. But last I don't year think they that asked was him the to issue, do a lot. Yeah, right? they asked you him know? to do a lot last right. year. And and the beginning of this year when the team would go through ruts in some of these games, whether it be the wins or the losses, but that odd, even odd, even game <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in those games where they struggled, I don't think it was Kihei like trying to do too much. I think he was right. probably frustrated when no one else picking it up. I don't know if anyone's like explicitly asked I, and you know, the, the players don't single out or talk about no, that no, no. much, but there were a couple things like, you know, the locker room, it was noted that the guys in the locker room seemed intimidated before the game even started. And, uh, against Gonzaga and, and things like that like I, I Kihei knows his role and wants to play to the best of his ability and that takes other guys stepping up and recently they have which has let Kihei really excel in that yes. role like, yeah just like you said so like I, I that's what I need him to live in that like where he is right now I think is perfect with understanding and you look at what he's done um assist to turnover he's actually like virginia's number one in the league with assist to turnover ratio so keep that in mind again four team four games you know whatever um but he had six and one against spot notre dame this mm-hmm. time five and oh he's 11 and one <laughs> 11 assists to one turnover against notre dame this season <laughs> um and then has six six assists and four turnovers in the other two but um you just look at some of the stuff that he's done and i love when he run like does those like routes in the post where he has the ball he's mm-hmm. just like dribbling through the trees um it's like one of those remember those old like cartoons the family circus whatever where they would do those like dotted lines yes, I'm aware of the family circus. Yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible cartoon but that's what it reminds me of like when he runs through the entire lane through the whole other team mm-hmm. um but i've just been and you're right like that's so much of how kihei goes the team goes and luckily I still think about last year and like his assist numbers last year were shocking considering he was a lot of times passing to people that were struggling shooting and his assist numbers should have been even better than they were last mm-hmm. year. Um, so, yeah, so you can't have an assist if people don't make shots, but I really, really, really like the balance that he has with, with Reese, like you said, and, and what they can do together. And he's and Reese has been so good with taking care of the ball and, 
steals my man is all over the steals <laughs> um i looked down to type last night and he stole the ball and dunked it and i was like what happened <laughs> no, that was no. fun yeah so it, this team is scoring points i think i feel like we should highlight that like beekman beekman looks quicker than anyone i've seen uh, in a virginia uniform um <laughs> you know since i was a kid <laughs> or since i was I, in college yeah. at least which, i will be for shocked those who don't know me it was a long time ago <laughs> i will be um, shocked if he's not all acc vice third year oh yeah yeah I, I agree and he i love the way he plays in the lane with with that sort of gliding mm. cut motion that that sylvan played with and they're, 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 yeah. they're not too comparable but so they sort of move similarly to me and how they get by guys so that that's always gonna really open things up for um shooters around you and and hopefully we keep seeing some success there uh, with both those point guards I he's mean, fifth in the com in conference only play um in steel percentage which is interesting to me because one like i just love seeing that but also it's not something that virginia heavily emphasizes mm. so having somebody that is that active and can do those things without like i don't think he sacrifices defensively right you know what i mean like he's right, right. not making mistakes and getting scored on because he's like willy-nilly going for steals and being reckless um so I think he's good at he's, finding the spots. Yeah, he's time. taking advantage of him and he's in the right place. Like a lot of time. I mean, a lot of times he does get a steal when he's like uh Kafaro. Shoot shout out to Kafaro's minutes last night, by the way. Um Very fun. he had a couple really great moments defensively and had a really nice and one. Also, his his free throw shoot shots are very confident and very smooth <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he like true. put that up and was like i'm out that's in like i'm backing up like we're good um but he played some really great defense that forced a shot a pass into the middle and reese is just always aware i think that's the biggest thing is like he's always aware of what like what's going on so yeah and i've just uh, there's so many guys in this team that that's why i want this team to, i want this team to do well because they're super fun and great but like Ooh, i really there's so many news. fun pieces there's Caroline so many fun pieces the basketball team to do well <laughs> I know. And you heard it the here. Guys. You <laughs> heard it here first. They're like, I can't even pick. I keep saying, like, I it's think a this bold one's take. Uh, I think but this I'm one's I agree favorite. with you. I also want them to win uh, all the games. Um, and and it'll be uh, like we said at the beginning, a really interesting indication of where they really are with the conference uh, with this Clemson game this weekend. So, stay tuned to the blog for uh, more preview for that Clemson game and of course post game thoughts and and after that they have state who you know doesn't look that good but you can always lose to the state team is, is sort of how everyone should approach nc state and the acc so maybe a couple wins there and then we're really uh cooking with gas so to speak in, in the acc slate so uh we'll be back soon to talk about those hopefully wins uh, until then for everybody at streaking lawn i'm pierce go who's <laughs> <laughs>